You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's good, Spurs Nation? We are back. I know it's been a little bit. The last video we did was our Lucas Samanich reaction video. Um, but we're back, and tomorrow NBA basketball starts. Ethan, just how excited are you for this season to be here? Dude, I'm so pumped, bro. It could not have come any sooner. I'm so excited. I just want to watch some basketball, man. Some basketball that counts. Yeah, it's, I mean, just these last couple preseason games, it's like you can you can feel it a little bit. You know, we saw some more rotations from the Spurs specifically, and if y'all missed anything on that, go check out Ethan's recap with Rob Trejo on Spurs Tube TV. Um, if you want to hear more about that, you'll be seeing me this Wednesday as well with him and TSR Sports, so we're excited for that. But enough of that. It is Spurs basketball time this week. We have regular season basketball, and we also finally have a full roster with the announcement of Al Farouk Aminu getting cut this morning. Um, just wanted to ask you, my guy, Ethan, what were your overall reactions to, to that Al Farouk Aminu uh, waving? Uh, no, no hot takes here. I was not surprised at all. Um, we both kind of thought that that was the way we were going toward, uh, we thought maybe we could package him in a trade with a guy like Thaddeus Young and maybe get some picks out of it. Clearly that didn't, you know, manifest over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, we, we had one spot too many and Al Farouk Amini was unfortunately the odd man out with Keita Bates Diop playing as well as he is. And Thaddeus Young clearly being, you know, the superior player as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that the main thing with Al Farouk Aminu, um, and want to give a shout out to Yvonne out here. We appreciate you being out here, stopping by for a little bit, my guy. We'll see you later in the future when you're watching this. Um, but anyways, Kieda Bates-Diop is really the guy who kicked Al Farouk Aminu and Lucas Samanich off the roster. I know Al Farouk Aminu was kind of expected to be let go, and he was really just a veteran presence to be there for the guys and to make that DeMar trade work. And so, once again, short-term spur, but one of our favorite spurs ever. Mm-hmm. I saw, like, the first reply in the spurs, you know, tweeting that he was waived. It was like, spurs legend. <laughs> so, everybody appreciates Thad and Aminu. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how Thad's role progresses um, with him still being on the roster. We'll, we'll get into that later. But once again, Kieda Bates-Diop really took over that last spot at the four. Um, and speaking of which, we already got a question from him of who's starting at the four. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But once again, Kieda Bates-Diop is really just the biggest bright spot um, whenever it comes to these two let goings and specifically Al Farouk Aminu getting cut because remember Kieda Bates Diop signed this contract with like 18 people on the roster so he went in there signed the contract said I got to beat some people out and he did it and that was really cool to see and I like um obviously there's some things that that he's also you know still needs to work on but I like his defensive rotations for the most part and I just like what he brings to the table as a depth guy so good thing for him thank you Al Farouk Uh, And now we've got our full roster set, Ethan. So, I mean, with this roster set intact, uh, what what, what is your opinion on the makeup of this team and the way that we're going to play? Because I have some ideas, but I'm curious uh, to get your perspective on it. I think we're going to be a completely different Spurs team than what we are accustomed to seeing. Uh, We talked about it last year at the end of the season that, you know, back when we were winning our five championships, our identity our identity was slow-paced, defensive basketball, and we'd play through the post with Tim Duncan and then David Robinson before he retired. Uh, and then we kind of transitioned into just complete ball movement with not one ball-dominant score as Timmy and the big three aged. And then we were kind of in this limbo stage with DeMar and LaMarcus where we were very iso ball and we couldn't really find our our new identity. And now that we have our young guys kind of coming into their own, we don't have an all-star. We don't have anybody that's going to dominate the ball anymore on the team. I think we're going to kind of move back toward that, you know, you know, a lot of ball movement that we kind of saw toward like our 2014 championship. But at the same time, if I had to pick like a phrase for our, for our team identity, it's going to be defense and just fast paced transition basketball. I don't think we're going to see that many 
you know, half court sets if we can help it because we have so many fast and athletic young guys on the team, like a DJ, like a Derek, like a Keldon, like a Lonnie Walker that can get up and down the court with such speed. And we don't really have a big guy other than Jakob Pertle that kind of lumbers around. Drew Eubanks, fast. Thaddeus Young, fast. You know, Doug McDermott, if he's playing the four, very fast. So I think that's where we're going to kind of see our team transition here. And it's going to be really exciting to watch. I just hope it works out and transitions to winning basketball at the same time. Absolutely. I loved what you said there. I was watching those Rockets highlights for the first time because I missed that game. And I actually watched y'all's post-game reaction before I watched the highlights. But watching those highlights, pace and space. Yeah. That is what we're going to do. And you know how that starts? It starts with defense because if you can get stops, that creates transition opportunities. We've seen it with DeJounte getting steals. I mean, whoever it may be, right? But really, DeJounte is that defensive anchor. And we know that probably once a game, he's going to create a possession for us by getting a turnover on defense. And him starting with that and having Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes out there, Vassell, whoever it may mm-hmm. be. We're, Derek White's, you know, just as he's shooting more and more, they're starting to fall more and more. Um, and of course, DeJounte's three-point shooting too. We got to talk smooth. about that as well. Um, but the way that our guys are running the floor is just fantastic to watch. And what's up to Mace in the chat? He's talking about how there's so much to discuss. And I think my biggest takeaway from that Rockets game, Ethan, Doug McDermott, is probably going to be a focal point of our offense. 100%. And Rob and I talked about that a lot because I kind of thought he was going to be coming off the bench a little bit more. But as I've watched him in the preseason kind of elevate each game, you know, first game took a couple shots, kind of struggled to find his way in the offense, you know, just like the, the jitters of being the new guy on the team trying to fit within the offense. And then this last game against the Rockets, he was absolutely a focal point coming off screens plays that were written up for him that we didn't at least I didn't envision seeing I really thought he was going to be just kind of you know sitting on the three-point line and if the play kind of fell apart and he ended up being open so be it he gets a shot but it looks like we're gonna be you know running a lot of our offense through him because he's so versatile on the offensive side of the ball so I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the team yeah I think that you hit on it in that reaction his athleticism Um, his cuts, his defense. Um, I mean, all of the things that I feel like we were concerned about Doug McDermott are not um, things that we're feeling right now. Shout out to Drew in the chat. Shout out to Million as well. Um, And going back to Doug, just to have a sniper like that, I mean, it's just, it really changes the dynamic of our team. Like, it's like we replaced Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, and DeMar DeRozan with shooters. And mm-hmm. now the young guys are a year better. They're getting to play together. They're getting to have more opportunities. They're getting to have the ball in their hands and kind of show their bag a little bit. And that kind of goes back to what you talked about. I don't think we're going to have that very many offensive sets. We're going to have some plays that we run for sure. But a lot of these guys can just go get a bucket too. And I know obviously we're about ball movement, but at the same time, we've seen Keldon go into his bag throughout this preseason. We know DeJounte has it. Um, but there's also going to be guys that have improved with their off-ball movement. You talked about Derek White and his off-ball movement. I was really paying attention to that in that Rockets game. And if he can be that kind of guy who just is constantly cutting, whether it's going inside for a dunk or trying to spot up for an open shot, that is another thing that really creates a different dynamic um, when him and DeJounte are on the floor. 100%. I think our offense, if we run half-court sets, it's really just going to be a bunch of pick-and-rolls. Like, everybody taking a turn. Keldon run a pick-and-roll with Eubanks, and then DJ run a pick-and-roll with Keldon. Like, just see where we can find, you know, a mismatch uh, offensively and kind of take advantage of that, and eventually the ball will find its way to the open man. And yeah, I saw this comment from Drew, too. I'm glad you pulled that up. Drew, I think that might be you know, a little misleading because of all the different lineups that we saw. We had so many lines. We had one game where we played Aminu and Thaddeus Young at the same time with Jakob Pertl, like just a bunch of different strange lineups. But if the Rockets game, which I feel like Rob felt like, I don't know if you felt like Jude, I, I feel yes. like that, that was the game that was the biggest example of, I think, what we have to look forward to for the rest of the season if everything goes well. Like that's the, that. That's where we want to be. And if we can continue on that pace, then I think that our pace will not be in the bottom 10 like it was throughout the preseason. If that made sense, it kind of rambled for a second. No, it, it did. Okay. And, and when you have guys around, like 
like it, like a Devin, you know, like, like a Bryn Forbes, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. that space is just there on both, whether it's the bench lineup or the starting lineup. And we're staggering DJ and DeJounte. So that also helps with just knowing the offense and kind of always having a leader on the floor um, mm-hmm. who's been very involved for a while. But the fact that they have guys that they can dish it out to, um, I really think that it brings a different dynamic to this team. And I, I think that there's obviously going to be issues this year. We'll talk about playoff predictions and stuff later. I don't think the Spurs are going to win the championship or run the table or anything, at least not right now from what I've seen. Um, But what I do think is that there's going to be, they're going to catch a lot of teams off guard because they're just not going to be expecting um, the way that they play and how hard they play. I think remember that DeJounte play like where he's running. I mean, it's going to be constant effort all the time. And I think they're going to catch some teams because they have that kind of chip on their shoulder. And like they said at the beginning of this preseason, everybody on this team has something to prove. So I really feel like that is going to be um, a big part of this team. So I agree with you. I bottom 10 pace right now, but with our main group, I think that that's how we're going to play. We're, we're going to play really fast. So there'll be some teams that disrupt us. You know, we have to go up against like the bucks or something, but um, I think we'll do a pretty, Pretty good job. Like Fat Boy says here, these guys have something to prove. So, 100%. I guess before we get into anything else, we can also talk about Devontae Kaycock because I forgot about that. Um, we did sign him today to a two way deal. I don't really think, I, I think he's going to mainly be an Austin million. Yeah. It, it, I, it's just, I think they saw him on waivers. They're like, this guy could help us in Austin. <laughs> he led the rebounds or he led college in rebounds whenever he was there. And so he's only 6'8. So like, yeah, we got Drew Eubanks. Yeah, of course. We got the goat <laughs> down low. What are you talking about? <laughs> but anyways, we're going to get into some season awards as well here, like predictions for the awards, if that makes sense. So we're going to have a, a prediction for a season MVP for the team. We're going to have breakout player. Then we're going to have hidden gym and defensive player of the year. And then after that, we'll talk team expectations, you know, whether we're seventh, eighth, fifth, wherever we're going to say that the Spurs are going to finish. We'll get into that as well. And then at the end, we'll do a little bit of a Q&A with you guys. So once again, shout out to all of you guys in the chat. <laughs> we, we got the Drew Goat already. We love to see it. We love to yes, see sir. it. Chance GSG, go Spurs go as well if you're just joining. But starting off with Team MVP, Ethan, I'm going to swing it to you. Who do you think is going to be the MVP for the Spurs this year? I'm going to have to go with DeJounte Murray. He got 27-7 and seven in the Rockets game. He has the most experience as far as working in the offense and being that defensive anchor in the San Antonio Spurs system. Uh, he's an ISO bucket, and you know usually that translates to being the leader of the team. I, I, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know if that's Derek or you know whoever, but DeJounte, to me, has the most at his disposal to improve his statistical game the most. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like he has the best chance, in my opinion, to be an all-star level player this year. He's a guy that can easily get 27 and seven, you know, like that was, that's just in his wheelhouse. He can do that on any given night. And with DeMar, you know, not being there to close out games, I think DeJounte has the, the best bag to kind of emulate that DeMar DeRozan role that we will be missing. So I'm going to go with DeJounte Murray. I want to disagree with you, Ethan. Like, I want to give our fans some variety here. But for me, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Um, The one thing that I'll mention is just, once again, his summer. DeJounte is going to go, like, he is going to be super motivated this year. Every single game. He's the guy. I mean, he really is. I know Derek's getting paid more than him, technically. But watching these games, and you guys even talked about it. There's a difference when DeJounte Murray isn't on the floor with this team versus yeah. when he is. And the dog that he has in him, his defensive effort, every single play, the fact that he's the most tenured spur on the roster as well, it's going to be him. You mentioned he has the most potential for stat growth. And therefore, because unfortunately, stats are the main thing when it comes to the all-star game. I think he also has the highest chance of potentially being an all-star this year. And I think, and I don't want to get Spurs fans hopes up too much because, you know, we, we could always get snubbed from the all-star game. You know, we're not a big market money team right now and we don't have a, a ton of superstars. 
that that people know of yet. But yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, but going back to DeJounte, I think that there is a legit shot. Um, if he gets up to around the 20 point range, that 27 and seven range, you know, Shea Gilgis, Alexander kind of type numbers. I think that he can be an all-star this year because he's somebody who's respected around the league. Not only is he close with LeBron, but also, I mean, he's a guy who's made the all defensive team first team before. Um, I, I believe it may have, it might've been second team, but point is the league has given DeJounte awards before where nobody else on the Spurs roster has really had that. Um, but he has had that. So I think he has the highest chance to be an all-star, just like you said. So fat boy's saying he's got to limit the turnovers and get shot better. But hey, I think we've seen consistent improvement from that throughout the preseason. I know it's not the regular season, but still they're trying to play together. And that last game looked really good. I'm glad we're only playing the magic to start before yeah. we have to go play that gauntlet on the weekend. But um, hopefully we can see a, a pretty good complete game on Wednesday from those guys. And, and DeJounte, I believe, is going to be the leader this year. Anything else on DeJounte before we move on? I didn't know. I got nothing. His shot looks good. Yes. Yes, it does. All right. So we've got our breakout player. And so I know that this is a lot of people are going to think young guys, but I think that I'm going to start off with this one and I'm going to go with Doug McDermott. That's who I'm going to say is going to be our breakout player. I know there's arguments for Devin Vassell. There's arguments for a lot of the other young guys. Keldon could break out all that stuff. But I want to go back to something that you and me when we were researching Doug McDermott, and I think you even brought it up to me, it might, I might even saw this on Clan the Spurs fans channel. I, I mean, I don't want to take any, you know, these ideas away from anybody else. But point is, Doug McDermott, in like the past three years of his career, has basically got consistently better in every single statistical category. Now he's with the Spurs, and we know about the Spurs developmental team. It's just preseason. I don't want to overreact. But remember, y'all told us we were overreacting to Luka Samanich. And then he got cut the next day. Yep. So, so so, let me say this. Just a couple of profits. Doug McBuckets is going to be potentially a part of really the three leaders on this team. I think it's going to be Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and Doug McBuckets. The three, the triple D, okay? We're going to give everybody the triple D every night. Um, pause. But <laughs> I like the sound of that, Jude. Regardless of that. He's going to be cutting. He's going to be our main three-point shooter on the starting lineup. Um, and he's going to be a guy that can even throw down dunks. His cuts, his passing, his IQ, his defensive rotations have gotten better. His effort, he gets up a contest. I mean, he's just, he's just, he's not super athletic, but he is just so skilled everywhere else. And he's getting better and better every year. And it seems like, yes, it's a small sample size, but from an increased role throughout this preseason, it looks like he's going to do that once again with the Spurs. And because he's just that savvy veteran and we need that three-point shooting desperately on this team, I think that he's going to end up being that breakout guy that people are going to be like, oh, that's why we're paying him $15 million when at the end of the season he's averaging around 17 to 20 points. Bold prediction here from Jude. I think that Doug McDermott will average at least 16 points this year. You know, it's not far off from what I was thinking after the Rockets game. I'm not going to lie. And and uh, that's a good answer, Jude. Shout out million, man. Shout out yep. million. <laughs> we do our best. We do our we best here our at best. SSPN. We uh, try our best. Who's we, your breakout player, though? Breakout player. You know, I don't want to say breakout player because he's already the GOAT. But I'm going to have to go with Drew Eubanks. Um based on what he showed last year, consistently improving, being that hustle guy, his first preseason game, he looked like Dennis Rodman. You and I both agree. He was getting every rebound, trying to go after every loose ball, just doing every little thing he could possibly do to scrape out a victory. And to me, that's, you know, that's what you want in a guy that's going to break out and have a great year. He's been working all offseason. We've all seen it on his social media, working on that jump shot becoming a three-point specialist obviously he's already got the low post game you know he really has no holes in his game money if you want to be completely honest but uh i i've predicted that he's going to average a double double a 10 and 10 10 rebounds 10 points uh i don't think that's far off from what he's capable of do, doing i don't think if, so either if he can do that this year then 
you know, he's probably going to get a pretty decent bag too, like when his next payday comes, because that's really impressive from a guy that's playing backup center. So that's what I'm looking for. I think Drew Eubanks is going to have just another great year where he steps up again. He's got great rapport with both DeJounte and Derek White. Why have Alper and Sengun? We wanted to draft him. No, of course not. Yeah, Drew Eubanks just like treated him like his little cousin. Exactly. Swatting him all over the place. Yeah, he had two blocks that night. Drew Eubanks, okay, what am I saying? He's the MVP of the season. What am I talking about? Not DeJounte Murray. It's Drew Eubanks. (laughs) Drew Eubanks averaging 30 and 12. Yes. Easily. Next but yeah, to Kim yeah. Elijah Wan, except better. Yeah, of course, because he, yeah. Yeah, he's just going to be like Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So if, if Drew can calm down a little bit, he's he's really a really good player. Like sometimes <laughs> I feel like he gets overexcited <laughs> no, and he'll make a so silly fun- mistake. It's so funny that you're saying that because in all seriousness, right, he has made a significant jump in his skills last season. And like that jumper, you can tell it's silky smooth. He's going to miss some, right? But I really think that that's going to add another dynamic to this team, even if it's just mid-range. Like, And we've seen that he can still drain the three, but I think that his mid-range shooting as well, that's just going to, people are going to leave him wide open. I think it's going to be similar to last year where the kind of the first half of the season we're going to take advantage of a lot of stuff. And then it's going to be that second half of the season when teams start to adjust mm-hmm. and realize what we have, where we're really going to see how these guys are tested. But going yeah. back to Drew Eubanks, I think that's another great candidate. Um, I think that he is going to have a consistent role now this year. Last year, he came in you know, with injuries, with LaMarcus being out. This time, he's going to have a consistent role. And I think now he's going to be more comfortable. What we've seen in the preseason, you know, less mistakes. He'll still make some. This team is going to make some throughout the year. But once again, Drew Eubanks is going to be a focal part of physicality in the paint for the Spurs. And I think we're going to see when Jock Landale comes back. I really think that there's going to be some front court with Jock Landale and Drew Eubanks this season. Um, Maybe not always, like Pop says. You know, it may just depend on the matchup, but I really think those guys are going to play together a lot just because Pop Pop likes that that nasty, especially when you're Mm -hmm. going up a team against a team like the Jazz, maybe, where you have to deal with somebody like a Rudy Gobert. Um, But both of those guys being able to to shoot is huge now. So I'm really excited to see Drew this year also. But moving on, we've also got hidden gym this is a very interesting one i'm gonna swing it to you ethan mm-hmm. um we already got mace in the comment saying primo is rookie of the year but says Vassell is gonna have the breakout year but we we will have a hidden gym on this team somewhere who are you thinking mm. I, it's a toughie it's between two people in my opinion it, i'm gonna go with oh man I, I wish i knew who you wanted to go with because i would pick the other person if you have one of them I'm gonna go Bryn Forbes. I'm gonna go Bryn Forbes. Um, that's because, who I was going with. To yeah, be so honest, going, I'm gonna okay. pick, I'm gonna pick somebody else okay. now that you said that. But that's a good pick, Bryn Forbes, because he's not gonna be a stat machine. But based on what he's shown me, he's a confident dude. Like this preseason, he has really shown out and been that veteran presence coming off the bench. A much better mid range game than I ever gave him credit for. Uh, when we signed him originally, I thought he was going to be a spot-up shooter, and he's really taken that ball off the dribble, surprisingly, his 6'2 self or however tall he is, and shooting over these big wings that are like 6'6 trying to guard him, and he's making some you know, DeMar DeRozan-esque jumpers in the mid-range. Um, so yeah, I think his shooting ability off the bench next to a guy like Lonnie Walker is going to prove invaluable um, by the end of the season. It might not show on the, on the box score every night, um, but just having him out there is really going to prove dividends. Yeah, I think that that's a great point because kind of coming into this year, me and you were both very skeptical of Bryn, but the way that he's played, the way that he knows the offense, the defensive effort he has, you can tell Mm -hmm. even Bill Land said it in the Rockets game. He's a savvy vet now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really excited um, to see how he continues to play. He's basically going to be the Doug McDermott off the bench. Um, Obviously, he won't be playing the four, but y'all know what I mean. In the offense, you're going to see them running off screens, trying to find their spot to shoot, right? And hey, we also saw he's got a little bit more of a bag too. That step back fadeaway mid-range in the game was great. Um, He's physical as a driver. Um, Point is, Bryn Forbes, good signing. We'd love to see it. And he's going to be the hidden gem that, We'll, we'll make some teams play in certain situations. Now, for my pick, I'm very, 
I'm very hesitant to, to, to mm. pick somebody because there's so many guys that I could pick here, but I'm going to kind of go out of left field and I'm going to say Zach Collins when oh, he comes back. Okay. And that's not something that I wouldn't have thought of, but when we're thinking about hidden gym, that's something that you, it's kind of in the back of your head. You don't think of him. Yeah. I think Zach Collins can be that guy. Um, he's somebody who's played consistent minutes on a competitive team in the Western conference. I know he's had some injury trouble and yes, there's always that asterisk when it comes to Zach Collins and being a big man and having a lower, you know, body injury, right? So maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I'm going to say that Zach Collins comes out and starts to play once he gets, once he gets back and he just brings another dimension of spacing as well as even more size to the team. Um, I don't think that they signed him on that contract for nothing. I don't think that they signed him to not play. So I know Jock Glandale may get a lot of minutes, um, but who knows? I mean, I really think that if if Zach Collins comes in and is like that and is competitive, he could maybe take minutes away from one of these other bigs, like a Jakob Pertl or something. I, I think that we've seen with Lucas Samanich getting cut, Pop does not care. Like, especially with this team, like he's going to pick the guys who try the best. And Drew, Drew's with me. <laughs> My boss is with me. Give me all the Zach Collins stock. I'm with you. Um, and I just think that his post game, his once again, his size and his shooting ability, and as well, he he can hold he plays some pretty good paint defense too. Yeah. Um, and he's pl- had to play out on the perimeter. He's not an elite perimeter defender, but when you play Gonzaga, um, you learn how to be you know how to get in a defensive stance on the perimeter. He's going to get beat by smaller guards and stuff like that. But I think that really he's a good all-around player, and I think that he is going to be the Trey Lyles that works out. Bold prediction. The Trey Lyles Bold that prediction works out. again. Bold prediction. But I'm going to roll with Zach Collins coming in in January and giving us some some key minutes. And it may only be off the bench. You know, he might have to ease things back in. I'm sure he's going to be on a minutes restriction, but he's going to come in and contribute. Uh, after December, so there's also there's also Devin Vassell. We haven't mentioned him, but that's who I was. That's my second choice was Devin. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to just talk about Devin here for a little bit so we can, so we can Might give him some well. shine because he's important. He is a he's a very important part of that bench unit. I mean, I was still watching the once again the Rockets highlights. The way that if he can come in off those inbound plays and just easy mid range jumper, I mean. Yeah. The length, the length is so huge on defense and on offense. He's just such a versatile player. Yeah, I was gonna pick him for hidden gem because last year he was a five point, four point per game guy. Uh, really, his only role was to play defense and sit in the corner and occasionally take a three point shot. Nothing more, nothing less, and that was great from a rookie. And then I don't think anyone's really expecting that much around the NBA from a Devin Vassell. But with Rudy gone, Patty gone, DeMar gone, his role's really going to take a jump, I think. I think he's going to get a lot more plays run for him off that bench unit. His offensive game has clearly improved. He's a guy that's average. I don't know what he was averaging over the preseason, but I know he finished with a 13-point performance off the bench in the Rockets game. I think that's what he's capable of. I do. I think he's a guy that can now you know, isolate and score on his own, but can also, you know, spread the floor and knock down an easy three-point shooter, even the contested three-point jump shot, because he's got that in his game. Yeah, and that's on top of him being a very, very, very solid defender. Yes. We've seen him play at the four now that he's six seven. Um, and I think that that is another thing. I mean, Devin Vassell is really he's a two through four. Yeah. He can really. play any of those positions, like I said, very versatile. But I think my favorite thing about Devin is that we don't know his ceiling yet. And he's still in a limited role, but he is obviously still growing as a player. And I know Mm -hmm. that we talked, we even had a clip, maybe Devin equals Kawhi, you know, question mark, right? And obviously that's a little clickbait, but his, his ceiling, we haven't seen it. You know, I think we've, we maybe have an expectation for a ceiling on a DeJounte Murray or a Derek White, for example. Um, But for Devin Vassell, we haven't seen that. Um, and that's not to say that that Derek and DeJounte can't grow and still become better players. You know, they're still very young as well. But when it comes to Devin Vassell, he is going to be that guy off the bench. I think he's going to be the Kelton of this year that teams aren't going to be expecting. And he's going to take advantage when he's shooting over them. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm contesting this guy, but his wingspan's like seven feet and yep. he's shooting over me. Um, so he is just... I'm so excited for him. I'm really excited for him. He's such a talented player. Those Florida State dudes are 
are just very, very um, talented players and they're dogs. Devin has got a little bit of that dog in him too. And he really wants to show that. And once again, going back to just the camaraderie of this team that we've talked about on a lot of our episodes, I just recently saw Keldon Johnson was hyping up like Devin. It was like, you know, one of the articles like Devin Vassell turning heads in training camp. And he was like, he's been like that. So I think a lot of the guys are excited to see what Devin does too. Um, we saw it in the summer league. He's got a bag and he's also a three and D guy. Mm-hmm. And his confidence has exponentially grown since last year. Like last year looked very timid, very much a rookie. This year, he looks like he owns the franchise, the way he walks in, <laughs> into those, you know, the, the pictures they take on the Instagram of them walking mm-hmm. in with their fancy clothes and their, you know, fanny packs or whatever, getting ready for the for the game. You know, he looks like he's already like in his fifth year and he's a star of a team. Like that's how he's carrying himself, which I like. Absolutely. Okay. So I think we're going to continue on this hidden gem thing because I want to also talk about Trey Jones. We just haven't talked about him in a little bit just because of the injury. And I'm just curious, do you think that he could be a guy that ends up getting consistent minutes when he comes back? Do you think there's any chance of that? I'm sorry, repeat the question. Who was the player again? Trey Jones. Oh, Trey Jones? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, no. No? Okay. Not not unless somebody plays really, really bad. I'm thinking Lonnie or Bryn all of a sudden becomes unplayable in a situation where our bench can't facilitate the ball. Nobody, nobody's taking over those point guard duties or Bryn's just, you know, 0 for 12 from three all of a sudden. And it basically has zero reason for him to be out there. Then yeah, maybe Trey Jones gets a chance here and he proves himself to be a a capable backup point guard and he gets more minutes from then on. But at this point in the season, how preseasons looked, I don't know if pop's going to just all of a sudden take away minutes from Lonnie or Bryn just so Trey Jones, who hasn't necessarily proven himself on an NBA level yet, can get some minutes. I know he had a great summer league and a great G League play, but these other guys, they've done it on a different level. You know what I mean? So he has to still earn that spot, in my opinion. I like him a lot. I wish we could give him some minutes. There's just not enough to hand out, unfortunately. No, especially with the staggering of Derek and DeJounte at that point guard position. Mm -hmm. Um, One of those guys is always going to be on the floor, so it's going to be tough for Trey Jones. But if there's ever an injury, I think that Trey Jones is somebody else who could come in and surprise some people when we're playing them. So you'd love to have that depth. We hope that he can get healthy soon. Same with Jock Landale as well. But speaking of Trey Jones, one of the things we loved about him before his offensive game showed in the summer league was his defense. And that leads us to our next award that we're going to talk about, which is defensive player of the year for this team. Mm. Ethan Quintero, who do you have? You know what, Jude? I'm going to go. No. Oh, it's so hard. I don't know. I want to pick DJ because he's probably going to be def- defending the best, you know, backcourt player 99% of the time. But I liked what Devin was showing during this preseason, dude. I think he could, he could really you know, prove himself to be a all NBA level defender guarding guys like uh, Luka Doncic or um, who am I thinking of? Zach Levine, you know, some of these, some of these guys that can play like the small forward slash shooting guard kind of role, Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum. I think he has that, that chance, but just because he's on the bench, I got to give it to DeJounte, you know, for reasons that we've stated already. Yeah. I feel like DeJounte is the obvious choice, right? Yeah. We know that he's the defensive anchor, but just for the sake of other conversation here, I see the argument with Jakob. The problem is with Jakob is I feel like Jakob is only good defensively like on the stat on the advanced stat sheet. Like I feel like yeah, it's like oh, he's look at his advanced stats, they're so good. But then he gets beat a lot. Like he does play good paint defense, but he also gets taken advantage of physically a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I can give it to him. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it to Drew Eubanks. And this isn't a meme. This is not a meme. This is not a meme. And I know it feels like it's a meme, 
But seriously, Drew Eubanks, at least off the bench, I will say, and I know you just said Devin, but I'm going to say that he's going to be the defensive MVP. We saw the block against Alperin Sengun, the way that he sets the tone defensively with blocks, whether it's even a dunk on offense, that tone setter, that just the way that he goes in, look, I know that we don't like to, we, we like to keep this a PG show. We want to keep the advertisers happy. But before we're, we hit a thousand, I'm just going to say ass. And that's what Pop said. Um, and he said, that's how he described Drew Eubanks. He's just a guy who goes out there and busts his ass every single play. And when you're having to deal with that, when you're out there, and on top of the fact that he's bigger, stronger, taller, it, it, that's going to be an annoyance for a lot of teams, uh, specifically in the paint on defense. And his his stance on the perimeter as well has looked better this year. He hasn't got beat as much. Obviously, if he's in a one-on-one with like, you know, I don't know, Bradley Beal or something, he's going to get beat. But it's improvement from last year to this year on the perimeter defending as well for Drew Eubanks. So his constant effort, his aggressiveness, um, the blocks we've seen, that yeah, that will make Drew our defensive MVP off the bench. You know I'm a fan. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Now, before we get into some other stuff, I actually think that this is a very interesting question uh, from Dylan. And thank you for being in here, my guy. Because did you see the videos of Steph Curry like jumping into defenders and yep. then not calling it and then complaining? Like this is going to be a big change. This is going to be a big change. And I think that that is going to be huge for our team as well. I know. Damar took advantage of it last year, right? So we benefited from it. So, you know, we can't crap on it too much when that, you yeah. know, was the reason we were in the play-in, really. Um, but at the same time, the way that our team plays defense, like other teams you. realize that we play really well against them. I forget the last episode we were talking about, like the, at halftime, the other team was like, they're playing really good in their interview. I forget which player it was, but it is just going to be very fun to watch because now I feel like the main way that a lot of times the Spurs would get taken advantage of, like I've seen it with DeJounte or Derek, is when guys jump into them, you know, and yeah. they're doing a really good defensive stance. That can't happen anymore. So I think that's going to just, you know, it's not going to be BS that takes away because that's like uncontrollable for our guys out there. It's one more thing that is in our guys' control that if somebody tries to do that, they're not going to get away with it and get free free throws out of it. So I think that that, um, will help our defense as well. So, Good point, Dylan. Good point. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, we're going to hop in to team expectations for this season. This is the nitty-gritty. This is what everybody came to see. Shout out to you if you are in the chat right now. Chant go, Spurs go. Um, Ethan, I'm going to swing it to you. What do we got here? What, what are we thinking on the Spurs possible playoff chances where they're going to end up in the standings at the end of the year after the preseason. I'm going to stick by my guns. What I've said since even before preseason, I'm going to go 10 or nine seed. Uh, I think we could win 33 games minimum. I don't think we will lose less than that. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood, you know, as much as we love the new look team, the defensive fast paced identity of these young guys, you know, not having a ball stopper, being able to move the basketball, the great improvements, having shooters like Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes on the team, you know, so many great things. We still don't have an all-star as much as I think that maybe DeJounte can elevate himself to that status. We don't have one currently on the team. We don't have a transcendent player. And usually you need at least one of those to be assuredly in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I can't say for certainty, you know, we are eighth seed. Like we are in, we are locked. So I'm going to go with that play in tournament range. Cause I think having coach pop, the greatest coach of all time, along with such great team chemistry, cause we've had all these guys on the team for so long and we've made good improvements. I think we can surprise some guys, especially with our defensive ability. Like we've talked about, I think that the nine and 10 range is a solid range for us to be in, especially since we lost three Really good players and DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, and Patty Mills. Yeah. I'm just looking uh, while you were talking about that at the other teams in the West, just to remind myself. And, and I can count eight teams that are better than us. I think everybody can agree here that the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers. I mean, maybe there's some questions with the Warriors, but I think they're going to be yeah. fine. Um, the Lakers, the Suns, 
maybe there's a chance the Blazers just have like a disaster of a season, but I still am going to go give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're going to be better than us um, and, and the Jazz as well. But I think that we have a really good chance to be that ninth seed. Really, I think that, that, that we can beat everybody else. I think that when you look at the rest of those guys, other than the Grizzlies, um, and you can maybe say a, a little bit with the Pelicans, but I, the Pelicans lost Lonzo, and he mm-hmm. was a big part of their team. You They're know, not going to be very good. Yeah, I, and I know that Zion's looking you know, thick as ever, but like that could also cause injury problems for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm rolling with the ninth seed. I, I just thought about ninth and I just thought about rolling in the ninth. This is completely off topic, y'all, but y'all see the LSE stuff. Ninth ward, shout out to the ninth ward. The, anyways, that's the, it's a it's a place in New Orleans. But regardless of that, I think that the ninth seed is where the Spurs that can that can I, I think that they can get into the eighth seed. I'm with you, Mace. I think that you know injuries can happen too. That's another mm-hmm. thing that we forget. But the chemistry between these guys, the fact that they're gonna be a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And I think really we're going to be better offensively. I know that sounds crazy. Like, cause we're, we don't have DeMar DeRozan anymore. Like you said, we don't have an all-star, which is why we're not able to get over these guys. But I think that the pace and space space is going to work better with our roster. I really think that the reason we let those guys go was be, I don't want to say they were holding them back, but they were. Like, I, I love all those guys. I love Damar. I love Rudy. I love Patty, obviously. But they were holding them back. And I think that Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes are, are going to let them shine. I can't disagree with that. I can't. And I think that if we get in the play-in, I think we really have a chance against anybody. Not yeah. not like, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go in and win the championship, but I think if we get in the play-in, we, we can get to that eighth seed. Will it happen is another question, but I think we have the ability to. Yeah, um, It'll be tough, but I think that we, we will have a better chance than last year. And we do have that surprise factor where not a lot of teams are going to be worried about the Spurs. They're like, the Spurs? They haven't been good since Kawhi left. Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? We don't have to get ready for the Spurs. And then we just come in and we surprise them and we get that W. And I agree with what Mace just said about OKC, Rockets, Kings, Grizzlies. I think we're better, better than those four. I think the Timberwolves might surprise a lot of people. I think they That's could be a really wild good. card. Barring injury, because Cat got hurt for a majority of last season. But when he played against us, when he was healthy on a without um, D'Lo and without Anthony Edwards, they gave us some trouble. And now all they had was Cat. So now they have Cat, Anthony Edwards, and D'Lo healthy. That's a uh, that's that's a scary young team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, former number one pick. We're gonna see what happens with uh, two former number one picks, actually. Yeah. And Cat and Anthony Edwards on top of D'Lo, yeah, that that could be a team that surprises people for sure. Um, Minnesota's a train wreck, yeah. So that's the one thing that I think we have going for us with them. And like the Spurs are obviously not, yeah, (laughs) you know, and very injury prone. Yeah, yeah. And and so while we also have a lot of depth, like we were just talking about it, like when Jock Landale and Trey Jones comes back, like those are dudes who can who can really be a bench player on other NBA teams, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to be our third string guys. So want to get, though, to another question from Drew. What's the worst case scenario? And I think that is a good question because it's just intriguing. I'm looking yeah. at the other teams here, and you know, I think there could be an argument that you could make that worst case scenario could be last, but I don't, I don't think so. I think there's an argument that I could see some people making that argument, but I don't think that that's the worst case scenario. But point is, it's an intriguing conversation. So, Ethan, what are your thoughts on this? Worst case scenario for me is everything that we've been saying is completely wrong. That DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, and Rudy Gay were far more important than anybody realized. And seeding-wise, I'd say 13, only because I still think we're better than the Rockets easily, and I think we're better than the OKC Thunder easily. Everyone else, if they beat us, like it's not like, unbelievable it's it's still hard for me to grasp like i think we're better than the pelicans i think we're better than the um the only two teams that i could see i could see maybe the kings grizzlies i don't even really see the kings really the only two teams i could see are the grizzlies and um who am i forgetting here i guess that's really it then the grizzlies 
and the Timberwolves if everything yeah. goes right. Yeah. And I guess I guess you could say that Brandon Ingram and Zion could do really well and beat us out. I mean, that's yeah. still they're both all stars technically, right? Is Brandon Ingram yeah. an all star? Not no. <laughs> I thought I thought he got into one. Was he not in one? Did, I don't I thought he had one. Even if he wrong. is, I know he averaged not. like twenty five one year, so I don't know if he was selected. I don't know. He's a scorer. Brandon Ingram is a good player. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I just think that Lonzo is the defensive anchor for that team. Okay, so he wasn't an all star. Um, but but there, there's an article basically saying like he put up nearly identical stats to these other guys. So you weren't you were. There were people the arguing. For, yes, exactly, exactly. One time all star MIP Brandon Ingram. <laughs> we like it, Nick. But um. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think that that a lot of these teams like you said, like the, the Rockets and the Thunder, there's just no way. Yeah, and maybe we're wrong. If we're wrong, then we're on tape and we're wrong. But yeah. I, I really don't we, we just beat the crap out of them. I know it's the preseason, but they're gonna continue yeah. to try to, you know, build things with um, you know, Christian Wood and what's going on over there. So It'll be interesting to see. Nick says MIPBI. So I, maybe, maybe I could see he could score a lot. Um, but at the same time, even if him and Zion are scoring, I just I want to see how they fill that defensive void because Lonzo yeah. was kind of their DeJounte. Like that's that's kind of was his role. And yeah. I'm really intrigued to see how they look. So anyways. New coach, another bad organization. <laughs> yep. Yep. This feels like one of the years where you see foundation and growth, then the team continues to trend up towards contenders in two to three years. I could definitely see that, um, F. Nico, because like we're talking about, you know, how we're so excited for all these guys, but they're also still like, you know, our our average age, shout out to Noah Magaro George, is like 24.9. Yeah, I saw that. It's the youngest staff Greg Popovich has ever had. So like we said, we're not, you know, we're going to be in the play-in race. That's where we're going to be. But this is going to be a super fun team to watch. Um, and it's going to be really fun to see how these guys continue to trend upwards throughout the season. And like I talked about earlier, I think really where we're going to learn about this team is in the second half of the year where teams start to make adjustments. And I want to compare that to last year to see how we adjust because now we're not yeah. going to have those, you know, veterans. I mean, we'll have Doug McDermott, maybe Thaddeus Young will still be around. We'll see. Um, but still, it's mainly going to be the young guys who are out there dealing with that. So I think they're excited for it. We're excited for it. Um, and if we can just see consistent growth out of everybody on the roster, I mean, maybe not everybody. Well, actually, yeah, everybody for the most part. All the young guys who now we're giving the opportunity to, if we can see growth out of them, this is going to be a positive year regardless of the record. Like at the end of the day, if we can say, hey, DeJounte got better, Derek got better, Keldon improved, you know, Devin had a great year. Yeah. All all that's going to be very interesting. But... You know, while while I'm talking about that, I'm realizing we're 47 minutes into this, and there's one man we haven't talked about. Lonnie Walker. Yes. Yes. So we just need to have a conversation about him. Give me your thoughts on on him going into this year. I think that he's very committed to the Spurs. There was something that came out, like regardless of if he plays like bad, bad, even if he has a breakout year, I think he wants to stay here because I don't know if you saw like him talking about, he's like, Monty probably hates me now. I talked to him so much. So that came out. So he, he said he felt like he was a bug in his ear, which you love to it's see. A good sign, yeah. But we just, <clears throat> we, it's, we're, it's, it's deja vu with Lonnie all over again. Yeah. It seems like we'd have the same conversation for the past two years with Lonnie where it's, you know, just give him an opportunity and he'll run with it. And then occasionally he will. Then occasionally he just won't show up and he'll have zero points, 0 for 8, and not not contribute at, at one iota to the team's win or loss. Um, if, if he can give me what he gave to me, I can't remember what team it was, but he dropped about 16 points on an efficient night, uh, had a couple assists, and played pretty decent defense. And 16 points might be asking a lot from Lonnie. I don't know if it is because we don't have Patty or Rudy anymore in his way, but 15, if you get 15 a night, 
you know, I just want consistency. I don't want him to be an all-star. I don't think he's at that level yet. I don't want to ask the world from Lonnie Walker. I just want him to be as consistent and as efficient as he possibly can. And if he can do that, I will be ecstatic because he's such a spark plug off the bench. He has so much energy, he's so athletic that if he can just kind of control the ball, not turn it over and just, you know, take the shots as they come to him. Don't force them. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's that good of a player that he doesn't have to go out there and force up a bunch of shots. Sometimes I feel like that's what he's out there to do. Do you know what I mean? And that's when we get disappointed in him when he goes out there and he just starts yakking up a bunch of pull up elbow jumpers and they just, you know, rim out and he, you know, jogs back on, on defense. It's and like, he just claps a little bit and he's like, yeah. dang it. It's like, just pass, <laughs> just pass. Like if, if it's, if it's not there, don't force it. Cause you'll, you'll get your points, Lonnie mm-hmm. Walker. Like you don't have anybody that's going to demand the ball away from you now. So just let the game come to you. And if he can do that and stay consistent, I think his defensive ability has improved. I think his spot up shooting has improved. I think he just needs to calm down and, and let it come to him. Yeah. I, I really like your analysis there, Ethan's specifically saying that he just needs to kind of flow with the game let it come to him because if he doesn't force anything he's going to be an effective player and the thing is though you do want to give him his touches at the same time you guys were talking about that on the spurs tube tv reaction he is a guy who does need the ball in his hands and drew brought up a good point as well no extension for him today which is very interesting but also not surprising and so i really think that this year It's not about whether or not Lonnie Walker is committed to the Spurs. It's about whether the Spurs are committed to Lonnie Walker. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this season plays out. We got Dylan in here. Let's see what he said. I don't care much about his scoring. I just want Lonnie to be athletic and energetic on defense. When he does that, his offense comes to you. And that is a very good point because he's got all the tools to be a lockdown defender. Physically, he's got all the tools. We know that Lonnie is so athletic. He's so athletically gifted, physically gifted. It's just putting it all together skill-wise. And it's like he has the skills. It's just once again, and we've had this conversation that feels like thousands of times on the show, um, even though that's obviously an exaggeration. But it's just cleaning it up. It's like, I'm trying to think of an analogy. He's like a painter, and he's just getting paint marks everywhere you know what i'm saying like he's accidentally they're they're going i don't know that's not a good analogy it's getting all over the floor like the picture looks good but it's you know it could be cleaner and that's that's just the best way that i can describe lonnie walker's game he's he's not coloring within the lines (laughs) yes yes he needs to he just needs to clean it up that's all because he's got so much talent he really really does mm-hmm. um but i'm also not mad at not them not giving him an extension because right now it's like oh Keldon johnson olympic yeah. gold medalist let's pay him and i know he has kind of he took a back seat in that rockets game but i i just want to say I'm, we haven't talked about Keldon really on the show either i'm not worried about Keldon at all me neither I, I i i still think there's a chance that he's the most talented player on this team like I know that sounds crazy because it didn't really look like that in in preseason. And we were talking about, I just mentioned how it could be, you know, the triple D, right, of those guys of who we're going to lean on. But the thing is, when one of those guys has a bad night, I guarantee you Keldon is going to go crazy. There, There's going to be nights that Keldon just is really cooking and they'll take a backseat. And that's the other thing about this team. If DeJounte or Derek have a bad night, guess what? If Keldon and Devin are hot that night, it won't matter. So that is the very intriguing thing about this team. But even though I say it won't matter, that's not saying that like we're going to beat every team, but we're going to be competitive even in games. If, if our, if our young guys play to how they looked in that Rockets game, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not a best analogy. I think y'all get what I'm saying. (laughs) Maybe I'm tripping over my words here, but the the main thing is, is these guys are going to, we have so much depth. And we have so much talent down there. And like our homeboy said earlier, Nick, there's going to be inexperience that shows throughout the year, but there's also going to be spurts uh, and flashes of of what these guys can be throughout the year, I feel like, too. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jude. 
<laughs> I'm glad because I didn't feel like it was that eloquent. So. No, no, you were good. You said everything. You, you know, it, it all. You, you got it out there. You threw it out there, and they got it. They got it. <laughs> okay. You know who else didn't get an extension today, Jude? That has Ooh. me raising my eyebrows a little bit. DeAndre Ayton, the guy that most people compare. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I saw that on Spurs Twitter too. Who does he get compared to, Jude? I don't know. The Admiral. Really, David Robinson? Did you not see that? Where? He has a lot no. of comparisons to the Admiral. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I was thinking fine. more Timmy because he's an island kid, but I, he just he he has the body of the Admiral. He okay. plays sort of like the Admiral, where you can kind of take the ball up the court, uh, play fast, but also be that big, strong body. Maybe we could go after uh, big old DeAndre Ayton, maybe instead of Lonnie Walker if things don't work out. I don't know. I'm mm, just I'm just Jakob, thinking here. Jakob contract. Uh, he Jakob, could be Jakob that contract next done. big man. Mm-hmm. Just but do we want to save that money for Keldon Johnson? I think we can afford both of them, Jude. You think that Keldon will take a pay cut? Um, I don't think he'll take a pay cut, but I think he'll take a San Antonio Max, <laughs> which wait, wait, is wait, about wait, wait. ninety million. <laughs> now that I think about it, I forget that we have like forty million in cash. Yeah, we space. got a lot. That's so years. crazy. I forgot we didn't spend any money yeah. this offseason. Bryn's on a one-year deal. <laughs> Thaddeus will be gone in Even, a year, and it's like Doug's affordable too. Like, yeah, we really didn't spend that much money. Wow, wow. Uh, I like what Dylan's saying though. I I think finding the hot hand is something we will have to learn this season. I really like mm-hmm. that, and that's something that that Pop talked about before the year. So we're going to see that throughout the year, but still, I think that I really think that Dejounte, Derek, and Doug are going to be the staples in most games, just because they're the most experienced right now. Yeah. We're going to see breakout performances from Keldon. He'll have another game where he goes for like 30 and almost 20 boards or something. And Devin Vassell will have a game where he probably gets hot and he get his rebounding. We didn't mention that earlier has really impressed me this year. You mentioned it earlier. I saw that put back in the Rockets game where mm-hmm. he boxed out somebody and put that back up and like fell while he was doing it. I was like, that should have been an and one throw a flag. I know it's basketball, throw but throw a flag red card <laughs> ref ref anyways. Um, but he, is somebody who just has a lot of ath- ath- uh, athleticism as well. And Tito Ramirez says Devin and Keldon just got extended. Hmm. Let me look into that. Let's see if there's breaking news on the show right now. Hmm. Let me see. I'm going to go to the Twitter first, and we're going to see if there's anything that I can find on Keldon Johnson. I mean, I hope both of these guys get extended. Um, oh, Okay. It's just their fourth year option and the third year option. That's all oh. it is. So, so not, um, you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Thank you, Tito. Now, now, while I'm actually on here, though, I'm on Twitter and there's this man. Well, okay. He's not a Spurs fan. Michael Venoniza. I don't know how credible he is, but I don't, I don't think he's very credible at all, to be honest with you. But he has uh, Kelton Johnson as his MIP this year while he has Lucas as MVP. Steve Nash. Point is, this is somebody else out there that actually knows Keldon Johnson. Wasn't it the, G- the GM poll had him like a top five like that's breakout right. player? Of the yeah, year that's a better that. example than this random dude on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. They did, and they and Devin Vassell was on there too. Yeah, he so was. the GMs do know. I know we're talking about surprising a lot of these teams, but what if they know? <laughs> No, the team no. might know, the but team, the, the players The will. players don't. The, 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 yeah, they're, they're going to have to get got, and then they'll make their adjustments. So, yes. All righty. Well, Ethan, this has been a, a pretty good talk so far. Um, if you guys have any questions for us, please send them in now, and we'll wrap this episode up. Thank you guys so much for coming in here today. Tell us any questions you have right now for this season, and we will wrap up the show answering them. So, we will wait for you guys, but in the meantime, Ethan, what, what can we talk about other than just, ooh, you know what we can talk about? The schedule. Let's talk about the schedule. I'll pull that up. Okay. So we can just kind of get the early season schedule for everybody who's listening, maybe hasn't had a chance to look. So obviously on Wednesday, we start with the Magic, um, which will be, I'm, I'm so glad once again that we're playing the Magic, but we're good After for a that, post-game show for that, right, you? We're still good on that? I am doing Spurs Tube TD. <gasps> that's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, that's yes. fine, then. 
Yes. So uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, do you guys here is fat boy, our guy. I know that's not your actual name, but fat boy. You, you're the G you're the G. Do you guys think Jakob will have a problem with other bigs maybe taking his place? Ooh. I mean, I think he may have a, I don't think he's going to like, I don't think he's going to Ben Simmons it, you know? Yeah, yeah no. Or Luca Samich, Samanich it. I don't see, I don't, I feel like Jakob, if that happens, he's either going to get traded mid-season, but, or, or he'll just finish out the year. Like, I, I just don't see Jakob as that guy at all, personality-wise. And I think he's thankful for like his time with the Spurs. Um, whether or not he wants to come back, we'll see what happens. I'm still thankful for, like, I appreciate Jakob. I know that I, I, we've had some grievances with him, but culture-wise in San Antonio, he's he's been, you know, the type of player that we want personality-wise. Um, it's just, I, I know we want more aggressiveness out of him, but in the Spurs culture, he fits. So I don't think that he'll have a problem with it um, at all. I, I don't think that it's going to be a no. Samanich type situation. I just don't see that. No, I, I don't see it during the season happening to him. I could see maybe during the off season, maybe we sign a, a different big man or draft a guy that's going to the future at that spot. I definitely don't think he's long-term. I don't think he'll be here in a couple of years. Why would we draft the future when we have Drew Eubanks? Well, you're right. What am I thinking? <laughs> we have Akeem point 2.0 as our backup big. Plus we have Luke Longley 2.0 and Jock Landale. Yeah. Third string. And, uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this year, but maybe next year, for sure, probably tapping on their shoulder like, hey, Jacques is ready. Mm-hmm. Jacques said it's his turn on the starting lineup, sir. Or yeah. know, maybe Drew Eubanks. I think probably we'll just let him know. Uh, or not, uh, yeah. I, I say let him know. I meant let him go um, at the end of the year. Just finish out the contract and live with the depth this year and be happy that you have that depth this year. And that, And another thing, once again, we're forgetting about Zach Collins. That no, Jakob's not coming. There's no way they signed. I forgot about that. Yeah, they signed two bigs. No, Zach Collins is going to take his minutes next season. Anyways, yeah. maybe this year. This is honestly probably the biggest thing that we forgot because this was right. a big. This is the biggest Spurs news really that's come out um, recently. I believe it. I'm not very surprised, and. I think that, like they said, the search the search is already kind of ongoing. I'm really not worried about it. Like Me I think neither. the Spurs are going to be okay. Yeah. I think that the it's the way that these signings have looked so far has really given me confidence. I know it's just preseason, and I know I've said that multiple times on the show, but people, you know, coming in and out. It's going to be sad to see Pop go, but I think that they're going to find a young replacement who will not be as talented of a coach and will have to learn the ropes. But at the same time, that person is going to come in and be a very dynamic up and coming mind, or maybe it's Becky Hammond. And that would be awesome too. Or maybe, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I can hope Manu Ginobili's back on the staff. Maybe he decides to take over. Yeah, there were there were some there were some I think I saw, you know, it's it was probably a BS Instagram post, but I think I saw a report that was like maybe Manu. So I don't know. Maybe he's being groomed. But then again, we thought that about Tim Duncan. And after one year sitting on that bench as a seven foot tall man, he decided (laughs) "Ah, I'd rather be at home playing (laughs) playing paintball. Yep. Yep. And I think the thing I would say, though, about that, I would say that Manu definitely has a much higher chance than that. But honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, I think it's really Becky. That's I feel the same like choice. I think she would have taken the Portland job, if, like if she did. Well, they actually didn't. They picked Chauncey Billups over yeah, her. Yeah, Dame wanted Chauncey. Yeah, but I just think that the fact that she's interviewed for so many jobs, and it's like she's the longest tenured assistant. She's the only one that hasn't left. Like we yeah. know that Will Hardy is going to be a coach one day. Ime Udoka has left and then became a, became a head coach and hired the Will Hardy, right? Yep. All of our assistants are becoming head coaches everywhere and she's the only one who hasn't left. So it really seems like Becky is going to be the gal and that would be, we'd be honored yeah. to have the first ever female uh, NBA head coach and I think she can do it. 
you know, with her relationship with the guys. We forget Becky has been around since 2014. She was coaching Kyle Anderson when they won the summer league. Like, you know what I mean? So she knows the culture. She knows all of these young, young guys. Um, And as fat boy says, she will make history. I honestly, the more I'm convincing myself when I'm talking, maybe it's somebody else, but that just seems too, it just seems too right in front of our face. Yeah. It's the safest choice. Everyone knows the Spurs go with the safest choice every single mm-hmm. time. We do yeah. not branch out out of our own little bubble of Spurs organization people. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so awesome. And that honestly kind of got me hype right now. And it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable in Pop's departure because he's probably just been protegeing her the entire time. Probably. Probably. Go Spurs go, man. Go, go Spurs, Spurs go. go. All righty. Well, y'all. Any final, fi- this is our final call for questions. I know we did one earlier, but this will be our last. Oh, wait, no, Tito, 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 I missed you. I missed you. If Australia can take bronze without a star, why can't the Spurs make the playoffs without one? Hmm. Well, I don't think, yeah, yeah, no, that that's a great point. That is a great point. Um, I think that obviously FIBA basketball is very different than the NBA. There are even different rules like goaltending and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, like we mentioned, they, they are a team that we think is going to compete for a plan. And a lot of times um, these teams that, you know, these nasty teams that just have a lot of really good players and play together, like, you know, Pop says, they can beat teams, you know, who are just relying mainly on one person. You know, um, I know that the Grizzlies have some good players, but I don't think that their depth is like us. I think they're mainly more Jaron Jackson Jr., and really just John Morant. Like I, I like triple J's upside. I like him as a player, but when you watch the Grizzlies over the past couple seasons, it's just been the John Morant show. And I think like that is a team that the Spurs could take advantage of with their depth in the way that we play together. And surprisingly Dylan Brooks, for some reason he always pops off. against. Yeah. Just- he, he just goes, he has a vendetta for whatever reason against San Antonio. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> he just goes crazy. So that's a, that's an interesting point there. Um, so we, like you said, playoffs, not out of the question, but most likely going to have to get into the play in, um, to make that a possibility. So that's where we're at with the Spurs team. But I think, Ethan, the one thing we can all agree on is that despite the fact that this Spurs team doesn't have an established star for the first time in a really long time, this is probably the most excited and the most fun a Spurs team will be in that same amount of time. Most definitely, Jude. It's the first time we've had a young team since... Uh, when 1987. This is a great point. <laughs> I forgot about this yoga. Shout out to you, very Brandon Clark, very solid, and Desmond Bain. Yeah, and our boy Kyle. So, yeah, this is like the first time we've had a young team since two thousand two. It's, it's it's Pop's youngest team ever. Yeah, I know. Maybe nineteen, maybe nineteen eighty seven. Probably mm-hmm. the youngest team <laughs> since we yep. drafted David Robinson. We have not had a team this young. Uh. It's definitely exciting. It's going to be some growing pains for sure, but I can't wait to see what happens. Is this the most excited you've been about a Spurs season since 2017? No. Oh, since 2017? Since the Kawhi injury, basically. Oh, um, well, I don't know if I can say that because I, when the Kawhi injury happened, I still thought he was going to come back. Maybe, I did maybe too. since maybe the excited, the most excited I've been since I knew Kawhi was gone. Yes, that makes sense. that's same here. That's that's what I would say as well. Um, Although, yeah, because during 2018, you just kind of realized, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. Um, We are entering uncharted waters, but with a lot of fun young dudes who are super talented. So go Spurs go. Thank you guys for joining today's episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Please like this video. That really helps us with the algorithmic gods. That helps us with all the other people. Follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at jude mclaren and then also follow and subscribe to spurs tube tv where you can catch us as well and also go to spurs tube tv and if you really like us okay you don't have to just like us just like just like the post and and we appreciate you but if for some reason you're really into sspn go buy some sspn merch on spurs tube tv so we appreciate y'all nick shout out to you for being in here the whole time everybody else who has been in here y'all are the ogs go spurs go
and we'll catch y'all next episode.